0: We're delighted that you've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit, messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is called Rest on a Promise. The text is Genesis 28, verse 13. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it. No promise is of private interpretation. It belongs not to one saint, but to all believers. If, my brother, thou canst in faith lie down upon a promise and take thy rest thereon, it is thine. Where Jacob lighted and tarried and rested, there he took possession. Stretching his weary length upon the ground, with the stones of that place for his pillows, he little fancied that he was thus entering into ownership of the land. And yet so it was. He saw in his dream that wondrous ladder, which for all true believers unites earth and heaven. And surely where the foot of the ladder stood, he must have a right to the soil, For otherwise he could not reach the divine stairway. All the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And as he is ours, every promise is ours, if we will but lie down upon it in restful faith. Come, weary one, use thy Lord's words as thy pillows. Lie down in peace. Dream only of him. Jesus is thy ladder of light. See the angels coming and going upon him between thy soul and thy God. And be sure that the promise is thine own God-given portion, and that it will not be robbery for thee to take it to thyself, as spoken specially to thee. If anything is obvious in this modern society, it is that people are confused, frightened, and uncertain about the future. Where does one look for the solution to the universal problems of guilt, doubt, and temptation? A number of years ago, Dr. Alan Cairns produced a booklet entitled, A New Beginning, which deals with such questions as, How may I have my sins forgiven and my guilt removed? How may I be sure that I possess eternal life and that I am not deluding myself? And how may I enjoy the Christian life and live above constant failure and frustration? Dr. Cairns answers these questions from the Word of God. A new beginning is for inquirers into the nature of the Christian message of salvation and for Christians desiring to gain a good grasp of the first principles of the gospel— it is useful for both personal use and for group study and discussion. For a free copy of A New Beginning, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at org. That's info at org. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A New Beginning, and we'll be happy to provide it. Thank you. Today on Let the Bible Speak, Doctor Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, as he brings the next portion of a message entitled "The Earnest of the Spirit." The text is Ephesians chapter one, verse fourteen, where the Apostle Paul speaks of the Holy Spirit as the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. In his introduction to the message. Dr. Cairns drew from the first three chapters of Ephesians which describe the Christian's wealth or what the believer has in Christ. In doing so, he defined the term earnest as it applies to the Holy Spirit's relationship in the Christian's life. This word speaks of the Christian's partial entrance into this great wealth of which the Holy Spirit is the chief part. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message, The Earnest of the Spirit.
1: If you read... Many modern translations of the Bible. I hope you don't mind you, but if you do, you'll find that most of them do away with the word earnest and they put in the word pledge. The Holy Spirit is the pledge of our inheritance. And at first sight, it would appear that that was an improvement on the authorized version. At first sight. But it's a mistake. Because while the words sound the same, in the New Testament, it is a very special kind of pledge. And it is an earnest. Now, what's the difference between an earnest and a pledge? Well, let me give you an example from the portion we have read. And then I'll give you an example from modern life. Right. Judah owed a kid of the flocks. He gave a pledge. What was his pledge? His pledge was his signet, his bracelet, his staff. And when the kid of the flocks would be brought along and penned, he expected to redeem his pledge and take it back. In modern life, say you contract a bargain. Say, for instance, you're going to purchase a van or a car or something like that. And uh, it's not ready for delivery today, but you're coming back in a month's time or maybe you're going to be out of the country for a month or something. You say, I want that car. Right. It's going to cost $10,000. There is a $1,000 deposit. That's an earnest. When you come to pay the rest, you do not receive the thousand dollars back. It is part of the payment. It is the first payment, the down payment, the deposit, the earnest, that promises that the rest is coming. The difference then between a pledge and an earnest is very, very simple. But nonetheless, it is very far-reaching. Now here in our text, the Holy Spirit is not just the pledge, He is a pledge. But he is that special kind of pledge who is the down payment, the deposit, the first part of the entire payment. He is the earnest of our inheritance. And I want us to think of him as such for a minute or two this morning. As we think of the earnest of our inheritance, there are just three very, very simple things that uh, this word teaches us about the Christian's great wealth. First of all, when I think of the earnest, it speaks of the Christian's partial entrance into his great wealth. The earnest is just part payment. The first payment. Now, let's just let that sink in for a minute. When God saves a man... When God gives him the holy spirit in his heart, he puts that man into a real, though partial enjoyment of his inheritance in Christ. In Romans 8:23 we read the spirit being called the first fruits of our inheritance. He's the first fruits. That word actually translates to Old Testament Hebrew words One of them speaks of the chief or principal part, and the other speaks simply of the first rite of the crop. The Holy Spirit is the first fruit. Yes, we are immediately heirs of God as soon as we're saved. Let me tell you, this is the great thing about God's salvation. In false religion, you have to wait until you're dead to become a saint. You have ludicrous examples of this. For centuries, people across the world carried a little Saint Christopher in their car, on their motorcycle, on their bicycle. Remember, we used to have little bells. I wondered what this thing was on the top. I didn't realise I had been sold a heathen emblem. And every when you're going along on your bicycle, you used to didn't have claxons or hooters or horns. You you had this little bell, and uh, on the top of it, I well remember was this thing. And when I found out and looked through the Latin inscription, can you imagine Latin on a child's bicycle bell? Well, when I got through that and proved that uh, going to school wasn't altogether in vain, I found that it was St. Christopher. He was in the handlebars of my bicycle to make sure that if I had a truck, the truck would come off worse. You see, he's the patron saint of all travellers. He was declared by the Pope of Rome to be a saint. So everybody knew he was a saint. That's until about 20 years ago. And then they discovered that St. Christopher not only wasn't a saint, but St. Christopher never even existed. So they had to drop him off the calendar. And uh, there are a few others like St. Philomena and uh, others like that. And uh, a thousand years after you're dead, they'll declare you a saint. You know, that's false religion. As soon as a man gets saved, God declares him a saint. As soon as he gets saved. You don't have to wait until after you're dead to enter into the inheritance of the saints of God. You enter in at least partially as soon as you come to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the pledge he puts us into the first enjoyment of this but consider it as a pledge he's the chief part of that inheritance you know I got to think about this and it really is an amazing thing if you were to ask most Christians what's the best thing about being saved they would say going to heaven but they're wrong they're wrong could I say very reverently that's the easiest part for God to do that's the simplest part After all, when a man has been regenerated, when a man has been justified, when a man has been vitally united to Christ, surely it should be a simple matter then for God to bring him to heaven. But to take a man that's dead in sin and give him spiritual life, to take a man that's guilty before God and give him justification, to take a man that's joined to idols and unite him to Jesus Christ, that's the biggest part of the miracle of salvation and I tell you this when God gives you the Holy Spirit God has already given you the cheapest part of the entire inheritance of God he's given you the best part oh I know that we're not yet in heaven but just think of this we have the Holy Ghost we have life We are rightly related to God. Now, heaven itself cannot essentially be any better than that. You can't have more than God. When you have the Holy Spirit, you have God dwelling within you. When you have life, you are vitally, personally united to Christ. You can't essentially have anything better than that. When you think of this, as a pledge the Holy Spirit is the chief part of our inheritance but as I say we only now have a partial ability and a partial capacity to enjoy what we have in Christ therefore considered as an earnest as the down payment we can say the Holy Spirit now only gives us a foretaste of what is to come you see here we are conformed to the image of Christ but partially. Oh yes I have life but I am not enjoying that life as I enjoy it in heaven. Yes I have Christ but I am not enjoying Christ as I enjoy him in heaven. Essentially heaven will be the full enjoyment of what we now have. Oh yes Considering the Spirit as a pledge, he is the chief part. When I give you a pledge of a, a payment, the pledge normally is more valuable than what I'm going to pay you. That's how the pawnbroker works his business, isn't it? You want a loan of a thousand dollars, you give him a ring that's worth two thousand dollars. Then he doesn't care if you come back or not. He's got your pledge. As a pledge, the Holy Spirit is the most valuable, the chiefest part of what we have. But as an earnest, he is saying, you are now only partly enjoying what you have. Did Paul not say, we see, but we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face? face to face with Christ my Saviour. You think of what we have now and think that heaven will be this to perfection. But let me just take that one step further. We are heirs of God. Yes, heirs of God. And the Holy Spirit has given the heirs of God enough of our eternal inheritance to enable us to live in this world in a manner befitting the heirs of God. In earthly terms when a young man would come into an inheritance and he would have a great family name to uphold, usually it is the case that though his inheritance is in trust until, say, his 21st or his 25th birthday or until some other event takes place, usually out of that inheritance there is something given that will enable him to live until that day comes when he enters fully in to what he has. Enough given to enable him to live in a manner befitting His station. Here is the crux of the matter. We are heirs of God. It is in the interest of the Lord, who sets His own name above all other all others, that we who bear His name be able to live in this world in a way that glorifies the name of Christ. How does God enable us to do it? He gives us the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to take time this morning to follow that through the Scriptures. But I want to say this, and uh, I have dealt with it in the past, and no doubt I'll come back to it in the future. When God wants you to live above the world, how do you do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. When God wants you to serve Him in the ministry, in soul winning, in the mission field, or wherever, how do you do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Whatever the Lord wants a Christian to do, He gives him the power to do it in and through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to His people to enable them to live in this world in a manner befitting the sons of God. Why then are Christians living beneath their dignity? Why are Christians bringing dishonor on the name that they bear? Why are Christians living in defeat to the devil and to sin? Why are Christians uh, finding that their mouths are stuffed and they are overcome by the fear of man and they are unable to stand for God and they are unable to witness for Christ and they are unable to win souls? Why is this? God has given us his spirit. It is time in the church that we rediscovered the doctrine of the reality and the person of the Holy Ghost. God has given us His Spirit that we should live as the heirs of God and fully enjoy Jesus Christ, at least to the fullest extent of our capabilities in a world in which we are surrounded by sin. So, first of all, the earnest tells me that we have now a partial entrance into the great wealth that there is in Christ.
0: You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak. The radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at one 244 2408 That's one 244 2408 Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org.